And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. It's Monday, March the 14th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. We are now saving daylight. We're on daylight saving time again. Don't you wish they would leave it alone and just stay with one or the other? I don't hear many people that advocate for changing times every half year or whatever. Most people want to just set it on standard time or daylight saving time, whatever, and then just leave it there. But we survived the change. I hope you didn't miss church yesterday because you forgot to set your clock forward. On March 14, 1794, Eli Whitney received a patent for his cotton gin. It was an invention that revolutionized America's cotton industry. Today, in 1879, physicist Albert Einstein was born in Ohm, I guess it's Volm, V is U is V, Volm, Germany. Today, in 1951, during the Korean War, United Nations forces recaptured Seoul. Today, in 1962, Democrat Edward Kennedy launched um, his successful candidacy for the U.S. Senate. He was running for the seat in Massachusetts, once held by his brother, President John F. Kennedy. Edward Kennedy served in the Senate. He was kind of like Joe Biden. He made a whole life career out of it, 47 years. Today, in 1964, a jury in Dallas found Jack Ruby guilty of murdering Lee Harvey Oswald, the accused assassin of President John F. Kennedy. They sentenced him to death. Both the conviction and the death sentence were overturned, but Ruby died. I believe he had cancer, if I'm not mistaken. He died before he could be retried. Today, in 1990, the Soviet uh, Congress of People's Deputies, (laughs) not the citizens, they held a secret ballot that elected Mikhail Gorbachev to the presidency. Mikhail would be probably mostly remembered by doing exactly what Ronald Reagan told him to do, tear down that wall. One year ago today, U.S. authorities arrested and charged two men with assaulting U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick with bear spray during that January 6th demonstration. Sicknick collapsed and died at a hospital the next day. Everybody, including Nancy Pelosi, said the people killed him. They murdered him. They murdered him was some kind of a device. Some said it was a it was a fire extinguisher. Others said a piece of furniture. As it turned out, he collapsed and died as a result of a stroke. And his death certificate says he died from natural causes. You just don't know anymore what to believe out there. That's why we do what we do every day here. We try to bring some clarity to it. I don't claim to have all the answers. Believe me, if you just haven't been listening to this program previously and you're new, I don't claim to have all the answers. But we put in a lot of time every day looking at what's going on. And I try to bring every day. We originate live at 9 o'clock in the morning on ACN. And then some of you are listening with a little bit of a delay, an hour or two hours or so. But every day we try to bring to you what's happening in the news and we try to put it in a perspective. I have a bias and my bias is a biblical worldview. And so I'm looking at everything through that view. 
and you should know that and you will know it if you listen. A lot of you are new listeners and we have a growing audience and I want to thank you for joining us. But we look at what's happening in the news as looking at it as perhaps we would see it through the Bible and through God's purposes. Because God is not just kind of floating. God has a plan and God has purposes and God is in control. So that's how we look at what's going on every day. And in saying that, I would like to say thank you to all of you who support this ministry. It is vitally important. We started this ministry about eight years ago on the radio, and um, I've had a lifetime in the media on television daily for 12 years on the CBS affiliate and on other CBS and NBC affiliates around the country. Been in the newsroom and been all the time as a pastor as well. But I, I know a little bit about the media, but God really spoke to my heart to do this program. And we just decided to start it, and we have continued on a day-to-day basis. If you will support this ministry, we will continue as long as God gives us breath. But if there isn't enough support, then we would not continue it. So that's the way we approach this every day is um, we're totally committed as God provides. So if God speaks to your heart to help us with this and with our budget, please do. We need your help. And those of you who do support us, thank you from the bottom of my heart because I feel very strongly about what we're doing in that the Lord has put this in my heart. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Fox News says this morning that uh, Ukrainian presidential advisor, uh, this Podolak, he says that a fourth round of negotiations is currently ongoing with Russia on peace, ceasefire, immediate withdrawal of troops, and security guarantees. That's what they're talking about this morning, according to this spokesman. India says this morning that they're weighing an offer from Russia to buy their crude oil at discounted prices following Western sanctions. Reuters is reporting that this morning. So apparently uh, Putin has gone to India and said, hey, I'll discount my oil if you'll buy it. Uh, I need money. The U.S. and Europe has cut me off. That's what's going on there. Ukrainian President Zelensky has requested a meeting with the Russian President Putin, hoping to meet with him today or tomorrow. That seems to be up in the air. Lindsey Graham is worrying out loud yesterday. He says that the Senator Lindsey Graham, he said the Ukraine and Russia could strike a peace deal. He said, I, I think I smell a sellout coming. This is a veteran and a senator, Lindsey Graham. He gets pretty hot-headed sometimes, so I don't know if, if he knows what he's talking about or not, but this is what he said. He said, I think I smell a sellout coming when it comes to Ukraine. Your last guest mentioned neutrality. He was on a TV show yesterday. I think it was Fox. He said, here's what I would say that Putin Putin wants. He does not want a neutral Ukraine. He wants to eradicate, eradicate Ukraine. 
If you don't believe me, listen to him. He gave a speech last year where he talked about not only take, uh, t- taking the Ukraine, but uh, uh, Mol- Moldova, Georgia, and all the regions surrounding Russia to recreate the former Soviet Union. He said, I will be, as a senator, dead set against any deal that requires the Ukrainian people to recognize half of the Ukraine belongs to Russia by force of arms. Interesting. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are announcing this morning that they have invited Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, to address U.S. Congress on Wednesday of this week, day after tomorrow. And it's going to be like a Zoom. Uh, He's not coming, physically coming to the Congress, according to what they said. But he will be addressing the Congress, and uh, they're encouraging all of the um, U.S. senators and representatives to meet and listen to what he has to say. We'll see how that plays out this week. Much is happening. It's quickly happening, and much of propaganda is being spread around this war, this presidential, the whole conflict between Zelensky and Putin and Ukraine and Russia. Russia attacked them, for sure. We know that. There's an interesting story coming out of Russia this morning, or out of Ukraine this morning, about Russian missiles. They slammed into this Ukrainian military facility. It's about four miles from uh, a village called Kodi um, in Ukraine, and uh, happened yesterday morning, their time. Um, the uh, As the village church bells rang in alarm, the windows of the farmhouses trembled, barn doors swung open, and terrified Locals ran to their basements. That's the way one volunteer uh, service person, a military guy, who had volunteered to work, he's a foreigner, to work with the military of Ukraine. He'd gone there. A number of people are from all different countries around the world. And uh, it's a there's a training facility there. It, it is for, formerly known as the International Peacekeeping and Security Center. Soldiers and uh, volunteers, this is just... In Ukraine, but it's almost to the border. It's like just a few miles from the border of Poland. But uh, they they sent missiles in there uh, yesterday on Sunday, and blew up Russia did and blew up the barracks and and all of the buildings there. And 35 people, at least 35 people, died in the attack. 134 were injured, at the count I saw this morning. But shortly after 6 a.m., this guy says he's a vol- was a volunteer. He says, uh, shortly after 6 a.m., the first missiles hit the base and then chaos. He said, everybody ran for the woods. It was terribly chaotic. There was no command structure. Some people were running around. Others were screaming. It was horrible. One of the foreign volunteers stationed at the base uh, in uh, this base was telling this story. By noon, some of the first responders had put out most of the fires, but all the buildings, including the barracks, were flattened. This training base was used, currently has been up until yesterday, um, to uh, train foreigners who come to fight for the Ukraine. Um, this one soldier that was there is one of those guys, and he was talking to Epoch Times. And I find them pretty reliable. Uh, they have a bias. All news has a bias. And I, I understand their bias. I don't always agree with their bias, but they do a pretty good job. Um, in their reporting, I believe, and I pay attention to what they say. I don't get the sources for this program from any one source. I get it from a like 30 sources, 40 sources, 
we try to be as accurate as we can. And in this war situation in Ukraine with Russia, it's it's tough because there's so much propaganda. I would just say be careful of what you ingest as far as the news coming out of Ukraine, because Russia's putting out you know propaganda, Ukraine's putting out propaganda. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fog and gray areas in this. So be careful with that. I I know there's some people you know they're picking up on some of these things that are not maybe have a thread of truth in them, but they're not totally true and running with it. So just be careful and don't stress out over the fact that, well, I, I can't quite figure out what's going on. Only God himself right now knows all that's going on. This is a state of chaos and confusion, as w- all wars are, but this one in particular uh, in that part of the world, because nobody knows for sure what Putin is going to do. Is he losing his mental capacity? Some say he is, like much like our president. So we don't know what he might do. There's experts that are saying this is the beginning of World War III. There are other experts that are saying, no, this is a local thing. It's, it's going to be ugly and people are going to lose their lives and it's going to you know, simmer down and this isn't going to escalate into a world war. Nobody really knows except God himself. And that's why we keep our attention focused on the Lord first and foremost. And we look at world events. We don't check out of them, but we look at them through the lens, through the truth of God's word. And we won't know all of the details of what's going on in Ukraine or Russia or China or Taiwan or wherever. But we can know what's happening in a general sense, and we can understand it through the truth of God's word. So that's, again, why we do what we do here. But it, this guy tells this story, and I don't, I'm, I'm not going to go through it in detail, He's a volunteer fighter. He said he didn't receive much training when he went there, but they gave him a gun and kind of told him, you know, what was going on and gave him some some rules. But anyway, he was at this training camp, so he's talking to this Epoch Times guy this morning. And uh, he said he didn't receive a lot of training. He said he determined that the facility's location, he said there were a lot of other uh, people from other countries there signing up to fight with Ukraine, fight against Russia. And he said they, some of the guys he met came from Portugal and France and England and Germany, Austria, Poland, the Czech Republic, Hungary, and the United States. I think this guy was from the U.S., if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, he said the way that Russia was able to focus in on that was not from their own intelligence, but he said they are aware, at least there, where he was, where this this facility was until yesterday morning. It's just all flattened now. But he said he said that they he said that Russia apparently determined the exact location of this facility and w- what was going on there from the photos that these guys were taking, especially the foreigners who were coming there to fight for Ukraine. They were taking the pictures they were taking and posting them on social media, these volunteer soldiers. So they went there to help, and they ended up hurting. They didn't mean to, but they heard it. He said, our own ignorance led to our own demise, this guy said. He said, some of the volunteers have left. They're they're thinking that war is too real, and they don't want to really be a part of it. 
the women who cooked for this facility, they're uh, continuing to cook and serve the men that are left there. The local church yesterday morning, this guy said the people prayed for peace and clear skies so they could see the incoming missiles. The pastor told the church yesterday morning in this little town, Cody, he said God should awaken those who wage war. We need an awakening. We need a spiritual awakening in our communities, in our world, certainly in our country today. I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about Hunter Biden's laptop. No, I'm not going to go through all of the details of that, but I want to tell you what happened to this guy who actually gave that computer to the authorities because he got concerned about it. He saw it as an act of patriotism. The left, the power cartel in America, the Biden family now reigns in that, they saw it as a threat. They didn't see it as patriotism. I want to tell you a little bit about what happened to him, and then I want to talk to you a little bit about what is Christian patriotism. I think there is such a thing, and I'll tell you what it is in a moment. But this man who used to own the Delaware computer repair shop where Hunter Biden left his notorious laptop, you remember the story, because the press killed it. They wouldn't even report on it. They would not talk about it because it was too dangerous to the Biden candidacy. It's sad, but it's alarming what an act of patriotism can cost a citizen when they cross a radical leftist power cartel in our democracy, regardless of which family it happens to be. In this case, it's the Bidens, but it could have been the Clintons. There are lists out there that list the number of people that, quote unquote, accidentally died that were associated with the Clintons who disagreed in some way along the way. I mean, it's the people are really dead and their death was really suspicious. Who caused their death? Who knows? But many people believe it was the power, the Clintons. I don't know. But some thoughts on patriotism. John Paul Mac Isaac, he's 45 years old. He is telling the New York Post now that he has received a slew of death threats after he revealed what was on Hunter Biden's laptop. He said Hunter Biden dropped it off on April 12, 2019. He said there were multiple situations where people came in and you could tell they were they were there not to have a computer fixed. They were there to do harm. But he said there were other people in the shop. He said, I don't know what would have happened had these other people not been in the shop. He said, I was having vegetables, eggs, dogs, manure thrown at the shop every day, every morning. He said, I went through this. People would throw stuff at my shop. He says, after Hunter dropped off his laptop in 2019, asking him (coughs) to do some data recovery, he did it. He called Hunter the next day and he told him he was was ready to pick up. He had it done, put on a hard drive or whatever. Hunter never returned to pick it up. Isaac says over time he became concerned about the content. He said he saw the content because that's what Hunter had asked him to do and offered to pay. Hunter didn't pay, but he didn't pick up the computer either. So this guy saw what was on there by virtue of doing what he was asked to do. And he said he became concerned about the content. He said particularly because Joe Biden was running for president of the United States and the 
content is pretty damning. So he informed the FBI of the device. Then he gave it to former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani because he had some contact with him. Eventually, the New York Post came into possession of that laptop, and they published a number of articles from the content on the laptop back in October of 2020 in the run-up to the election. In fairness, the New York Post is conservative. They lean conservative in their reporting. But the laptop contained a lot of family-related information, details about Hunter's relationship with the corrupt Burisma, that's that Ukrainian gas company that was paying Hunter something between fifty and $80,000 per month to sit on their board of directors, although Hunter had no experience in gas or energy. The laptop also contained information about a deal that Hunter was putting together with the Chinese energy company that involved tens of millions of dollars, and it involved his father. The agreement included setting aside at least $10 million for the big guy. The big guy was well known as Hunter's father, Joe. Mac, in his patriotism and the information about the Biden family cartel were not well received. It devolved into such chaos chaos that Mac had to close his shop. Two days after the election, he was forced to leave town. It got that bad. People hated him. So he, he moved from Delaware to Lakewood, Colorado, where he stayed with his family. He'd also been forced to begin using his 401k. He said it wasn't much, but it's all he had. So he started using that to pay his bills, having been denied unemployment several times. So he sent a letter to Senator Chris Coons, who's the Democrat representative or senator in Delaware. He's a very close friend and ally of Joe Biden. I I need to add that because it's important, and he is. Following the letter, Max says, the computer guy, he says he began receiving his unemployment payments, although he says it ended up being thousands of dollars short of what it was supposed to be. So Mac filed a suit against Twitter over their refusal to allow the truth of why he had turned the laptop over to the FBI and others in the first place. Six months after the filing, a judge dismissed the case with prejudice and ordered Mac, the computer guy, to cover Twitter's expenses, which are a little over $175,000. They're really beating up on this guy. In September, he received a notice from the IRS regarding his tax return from 2016. He says he took it. He took the notice to an accountant friend of his and said, what's going on? And the, the accountant, his friend, said the agency doesn't go back that far unless they're looking for something. So Mac paid the amount that was in question. He said, along with many others in our country, I've seen the progressive weaponization of the IRS over the years, over the past decade, he said. And he said, I, don't, I can't stand against that. So he wrote a check for the money they were asking for. Facebook has censored and canceled any information about this computer guy and the laptop and the information on the laptop and anything related to the incident. Now he finds himself in uncharted territory. He's written a book, and now he says he's found a publisher who are willing to work with him. Most were not, but it may be too little too late. He said he's on the brink of bankruptcy. And he didn't have a lot of money before. He just had his shop and he fixed computers for a living. 
He says, if I had a choice to do it all over again, he said, I would absolutely do it all over again. He said, I was raised since 9-11 to believe if you see something, you say something. Let me talk for a moment about Christian citizens and patriotism. It may seem redundant or even rhetorical, but the Bible is pretty clear that what patriotism is and is not, and citizens are called to be patriotic from a biblical worldview. I know that stands in the face of an opposition to the religious left. I understand that. But a biblical worldview would never endorse a kind of blind patriotism that the left, the Christian left, accuses the Christian right or the conservative Christians, the biblical Christians, of holding. Christians are not directed to support leaders that advance, say, same-sex marriage and abortion and other blatant contradictions to God's word. Biblical patriotism, I believe, would be defined as that which promotes, loves, and defends, and encourages, and supports the good of one's own nation from a biblical worldview. But they will also honestly disagree and constructively criticize the government and the leadership when they do things contrary to God's word. I don't know if this Mac guy is a Christian or not, but he was doing the right thing. Yeah, he probably didn't want Biden to be elected. He probably wanted Trump to be elected. Everybody has a bias, but he felt he was acting out of patriotism. Our founders used God's word as a guide in framing our founding documents. Our new nation was blessed exponentially. A patriot loves the nation into which God has placed him. A patriot calls out wrongdoing in his nation. Nationalism is different than patriotism. Acts chapter 17, verse 26 says, and talking about God and about how God's plan for humanity plays out in regards to government. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. God made all nations with one blood, the human race. God made the earth for nations to dwell on. God determines the appointed time of all nations. God determines the bounds of all nations. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, we're told, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. God establishes specific nations in specific ways. What I'm saying is God is in control. Job chapter 12, verse 23 recognizes that God controls separate nations on earth. He incre- I'm quoting from the Bible. He increases the nations, destroyeth them. He enlargeth the nations and straighteneth them again. God increases nation. God destroys nations. God enlarges nations. God leads nations. God opposes globalism. The fact of separate nations on earth reveals that the wisdom of God. That's God's plan for this time in history. There is another time coming. God will not allow globalism until his appointed time. And that is when Jesus Christ himself shall rule and reign. There's more to say. We're out of time and we will continue right here tomorrow. Thanks for being here. Thanks for your support. I'll see you tomorrow.